0: Hey, Pat, got a quick question for you. Is encouraging students to volunteer to help a politician win a campaign bad?
1: I mean, are they of the age of like 17, 18? They're they're also going to be bribed by earning credits. Oh. Then in this case, it doesn't really matter. that's, That's kind of desperate if you ask me. Huh.
0: Weird, strange, how did we not see that coming? I'm Andrew Coppins, he's Pat Oni. This is Critical Thinking. Yes, indeed, folks. This is the insanity that we are living through. I am Andrew Coppins. He's Pat one. Follow me at The Coppins Show. Follow him at The Pat one Show. And you would know that if you were watching on the Rumble channel, rumble.com backslash critical thinking. And by the way, Pat, we are over 100 subscribers on the channel. Um, we are slowly, surely, steadily winning the race, growing the critical thinking movement. Yes, that's right, folks. You are also tuned into the number one for the second year in a row back to back critical thinking podcast champions That's right, independently rated the number one critical thinking podcast in the world. Not in the United States, not in Illinois, not in Utah, not in Texas, Florida, you name it, in the entire world. So your humble critical thinking servants are with you. On Thursdays going forward here, we're going to have a smaller episode. We're going to take smaller bites, um, but we're also going to dive into a topic, and this is something that we kind of... Bore out because, um, well, I screwed up and accidentally deleted uh, four episodes worth of material over a break. And we thought to ourselves, well, these are actually evergreen topics that unless something was actually settled on them, we can actually talk about at any point in time. So we're going to do that on today's episode. And of course, we're going to talk about Mayor Lori Lightfoot in my home city of Chicago. Uh, Basically, bribing kids to work on her campaign. We'll talk about the details of that in a little bit. But before we do that, Pat, I want everybody to make sure that they are downloading, that they are subscribing, they're rating and reviewing the podcast when they listen to it. It is vital for us to be able to grow. It is a really simple thing for you to do to make sure that you're subscribed, to make sure you download the podcast, and then once in a great while, give it a review, give it a rating. Now, Having said all of that, today's program on the deep dive su- side of things is is actually kind of timely, Pat. Amazingly. Because this weekend, what did we see from uh President Joseph Marionette Biden?
1: Um in, in regards to Title 42? Well, right. What what was he doing this past weekend? Oh, he went to the border.
0: Bingo Bongo Bango. You are correct. He went to the southern border in El Paso, and um, I have some thoughts about his visit period, but I'll just, I'll succinctly put it this way. There are three hilarious points to his visit. Numero uno, since it's the southern border. Numero uno. Uh, You see the picture that he takes at the border wall, Pat? (laughs) He is walking the border wall. Irony, much? Numero bit, yeah, dos. Bit. Numero dos, Pat.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Did you notice that uh, the encampments of <clears throat> migrants, and by migrants, I mean illegal immigrants, were uh, sanitized from the places in which the President of the United States would have been viewing El Paso from. In less than 24 hours. Hmm. It is almost like if you have some motivation to solve the problem, you solve the problem. And then numero tres. Numero tres. Did you notice how the president of mexico applauded the fact that we haven't built a single meter of the border wall well wait what you know why pat you know why, why? that's the case why? because why? with title 42 right it's basically a remain in mexico policy right it's basically we're going to expel you back to where you came from at the border policy right and right. whom is having issues on the border? Also Mexico. And their their issues are solved by passing them to us. <laughs> so if we were to build the border wall, uh huh, their the, the issue becomes their issue. And, and I'm pretty sure they're dealing with um, major cartel wars and, um, yeah, drug problems. Well, Gun right, running. that goes hand-in-hand hand with cartel wars. Yeah. Right, right, yeah. But on today's show, we're going to tackle the topic of Title 42 because this is a topic um, that is important to immigration writ large, whether that is on the southern border, whether that is in Canada, whether that is people coming here on visas, whether that's people visiting, right? Right. So let's just start with this. Title 42 is a expansion of our immigration law that has been in place for well over a 100 years now. But Title 42 allows the President of the United States of America to declare emergency, and that means that if he invokes Title 42, we have the ability to limit immigration based off of public health needs, okay? That's the basic gist of Title 42. And I want to start with this. what is the history of title 42 pat do you know when the last time title 42 was used by chance
1: just taking a stab in the dark uh i want to go back to maybe h1n1 huh that's interesting that is very 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 interesting
0: because you my friend
1: you, my friend, uh-huh. are wrong. I kind of thought I might be. So mm-hmm. now when, it's been on it the record for
0: just them? under a hundred years. By the way, I, I apologize well, because um, well, it was part okay. of the Public Health Service Act of nineteen forty four. So I apologize, but was it was it World War II? The last time that this would have been used, by the way. You ready for this? Yeah. Would have been... I'm trying to find it real quick. Um, I believe it was in 1950-something when there was an outbreak of tuberculosis um, wow. in China. And so they stopped immigration and shipments and all sorts of things from China. But prior to COVID-19, Title 42 had only ever been used one time in the history of this country. Hmm. Okay. I want you to think about that. One time. So H1N1, the flu outbreak in the the 60s, right? The um, Ebola outbreak... Like what? Not even two decades ago now. Right? Bird flu, swine flu, H1N1, all that sort of stuff. Avian flu, right? Which is bird flu. H1N1, uh, anthrax? which was the swine flu, right? Hmm? Uh-huh. Anthrax? Nope. 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 So I want I want you to understand that. And it was used on a temporary basis. Okay. Okay. So, knowing that, I want I want to uh, maybe talk about this from this perspective. Okay, so I'm going to ask you a very very simple question. Currently, what is the argument that is being made for Title Forty Two
1: continuing to be in place? Um, assuming the COVID nineteen pandemic. Correct. Correct. Okay.
0: So so why would we? Why are we still arguing as a government, right, for Title 42 mm. being in place? That's my question, okay? Because... We have the Joseph Marionette Biden administration attempting to end Title 42. This is how jumbled up of a mess of a situation we exist in right now, Pat.
1: hmm
0: So... want people to understand this. There is only one truth that can be possible with Title 42 right now. Well, I shouldn't say that. There, There are two sides of the coin that can exist, and that's it. So here's the reality of Title 42. Either we are in the middle of a public health crisis, and we need Title 42 to buttress against an influx of disease-riddled individuals carrying COVID-19 across the border, infecting and ballooning a pandemic in America, okay? Right? Okay, so that's one right. That's one side of the coin. The other side of the coin is this, Pat. The pandemic is over. This is just like influenza. And... Title 42 should be ended. Title 42 is a tool of public health, or at least it should be a tool of public health. Instead, to my Team GOP MAGA Forever friends out there, I have a very simple question. Are you suggesting that the pandemic is not over? Are you suggesting that we are in the middle of a public health crisis vis-a-vis infection, vis-a-vis disease? Title 42 is very specific about what qualifies as a public health crisis in simply having illegal immigrants crossing the border and living on the streets and in encampments and all that sort of stuff that's going on on the southern border, especially in Texas, right? That is not a public Mm -hmm. health crisis defined by title 42. I could make an argument that that could lead to disease, you know, all sorts of issues with water, um, you know, all that sort of stuff. I can make that argument all you want, but that is a totally separate argument from title 42. So to my MAGA forever crowd friends who cheer this title 42 being extended on and keeping it in place. Ask yourself a question, are we using Title 42 for your politics or are you attempting to tell me that Title 42 should be in place because pandemic forever?
1: So I I have a question in in relation to that then because you you had mentioned that the Biden administration's trying to end Title 42, correct?
0: Correct. They're they're So so what we have in place right now by the way, Pat. Uh-huh. So people know In the legal fight that is going on, we had an Mm -hmm. appeals court that said Title 42 can end. The Biden administration signaled they were about to end it as of January 3rd, I want to say, or 4th, right? The Supreme Court stepped in and stayed that ruling, meaning that it doesn't take place, okay? In, Uh In conjunction with them taking the case up. So they're going to make a decision on this going forward. So the position of the Biden administration is that Title 42 should end. But here's the rub. So go ahead and ask your question.
1: So so my question is this. If, if the Biden administration is trying to end Title 42, wouldn't that fundamentally signal from the administration that they believe the pandemic is over?
0: You know, that is a really good question that you're asking here, Pat, because I think this is the vital, this is the interesting hypocrisies that exist. There are two of them, right? For the Maga right. Forever crowd, the pandemic is not a thing anymore, but we need Title 42 in place because it does what? It protects our border, supposedly. Mm. See, there's the rub. It's not about protecting the border. It's because it it does what? it helps them with their immigration policy wants and needs, their politics, right? right. right. Whereas I'm right. I'm right. Right. for Joseph Marionette Biden, the hypocrisy of this is they want Title 42 to end. Why? Because it is a political win for them, right? Because they believe in what? More open borders. However, we just noticed the president of the United States yesterday overriding a 62-39 vote. 62 senators in the United States of America said the pandemic emergency authorizations, right, of the government of the federal government must end. The president of the United States overro- overrode that vote. And can he do that? Yes, because it's a, yeah. it's a, it's a, it's not a law. It's a, a whatever, and he has to sign off on it. Okay, it's not just technically uh-huh. a law. But it is an order of of the Senate, an order of Congress, okay? So the president has to sign off on those, right? So I want you to think about that, Pat. So here we are with the Biden administration attempting on one hand to play their political game by ending Title 42, not because the public health emergency they believe to be over, but because it does what? It furthers their open border wants and needs. Meanwhile, so, again, meanwhile, Pat, we in, in Washington, D.C. just saw the 11th, that's right, the 11th extension of the Public Health Emergency Act by the federal government of the United States of America. So little, this is the conundrum the the Supreme Court must unravel, right? This is the puzzle they must unravel. What the hell is going on here? Because if you believe that Title 42 should end, what are you signaling? You are signaling there is no public health emergency in America anymore, right? That that people, that immigrants coming into this country pose no greater risk to the American public than the American public poses to themselves, okay? Right. That's what you're attempting to signal to me, yet- Yet, you as the federal government just implemented what? More public health emergency powers. Again, for the 11th time during this pandemic.
1: So, in other words, whatever side of the coin that you're on, whether you're MAGA Forever or you're on the uh, Joseph Marionette Biden camp, no matter what side you're on, you're, you're okay with looking like a hypocrite when it comes to this. Absolutely, if you're you are awareness.
0: absolutely looking like a hypocrite, and you're totally down to clown with being a hypocrite on this issue. Why? Because it fits a political narrative for me. Right. So I ask this question of you. If we as libertarians are more conservative in your case, okay, if we actually believe the pandemic is over, why would you fight for Title 42 to remain in place? Why?
1: I, I personally wouldn't.
0: Title 42 should end. What it turns out is that this is just a convenient tool for you to lob political political grenades at your opponent, right? Right. You're not interested in actually enacting public health policy, in doing it right.
1: You're not interested in that no you're well right and so like like for me it's not about this isn't about public health it's more about you know protecting the border and and enacting you know an immigration policy that that you know i believe would protect our country more however there are other ways to do that via other things like like title it doesn't have to be under title 42 nor should it be at this point
0: okay so then let's look at it from the the flip side of this right pat what is the argument against lifting Title 42, right? That immigrants are pouring over the border. We have to control that immigration problem. And this is what? Right. A, a lever, a tool, if you will, that allows mm. us to do that on some level, correct?
1: We, yes. It, it's the wrong level, but yes.
0: Right, exactly. And that's my point. Two wrongs do not make a right when it comes to your immigration policy. Where this fight needs to happen is actually in the halls of Congress and in the Senate.
1: Right? Yes, but that that remains to be seen.
0: Yes. The Im- the immigration debate doesn't belong in public health per se. No. Now, see, I can I mean, make an see, argument a, that our public that health I is actually feel- being affected. So here's the thing, mm-hmm. though. I can also make an argument that there is a issue with public health when it comes to the fentanyl crisis at the southern border. Right? I can make that argument. But that is a wholly separate argument from the way that Title 42 exists. Title 42 says nothing about drug overdoses or this or that. The, the, The point of all of this is, look, if you are saying that Title 42 needs to stay in place what you are actually arguing for is that the pandemic is not over, that we must do this to protect the American people from COVID 19 and its variants, right? That we must protect against an influenza outbreak, oh wait, or RSV, oh wait. We have, so we have never in the history of this country said, you know what, influenza, stay away. We've opened that border up. and and done all the normal border things every flu season for my entire life whether it was good bad happy or sad you're welcome for that reference by the way pat Uh, gee thanks i'll bill you later but so as i'm looking at this from a libertarian perspective title 42 should end it should be gone why? Because the argument that Joe Biden, Joe Biden got up on stage in September of 2022 on 60 Minutes, right? Not on stage, but in a walk and talk in September of, of 2022, got in front of the camera and said the pandemic is over in no uncertain terms. What is the argument then for Title 42 to exist?
1: There isn't. One. Here's
0: the rub. Joseph Marionette Biden and his administration are correct on an issue for once. But Uh. what are the what are people scared? What are people scared about? That influx of immigrants coming over the border when Title 42 gets lifted. Here's here's the rub, Pat. You know how this would be solved, per se? Not by a border wall. Because people tunnel under it, people are in. You're playing whack a mole with a border wall. You're putting uh, chewing gum on that hole in the in the dike, right? That that doesn't work. It's not going to hold. It's just a temporary solution. Here's the here's how you do this. You signal that you would like to end Title 42, but you expect Congress to give you. Real immigration reform, real robust legal mechanisms, and you give the carrot to those who want to come here, right? You make it easier to legally and safely come to the United States of America. But it requires Congress and the Senate to be serious about this issue. And it may take some time. But in the meantime, you also need to commit to massive amounts of people that's National Guard, that, you know, all sorts of people, manpower, resources, um, judges, by the way, which we can't even fill. We need about quadruple the amount of judges that we have to uh, adjudicate these immigration cases on our border right now. We're not filling any of these positions. So we need to look at those things, and that that's your temporary solution, while you also, on the other side, are giving the carrot of better immigration policy overall. I, I just, this is not hard. Title 42 is a public health thing. It needs to go away. I'm sorry to the MAGA Forever crowd, but... The case that you are making is a case case about safety, not public health. You're either in a case of public health or you're not. Either either you believe the pandemic is over or not. It's just that simple. And if you if you suggest the pandemic is over, and more importantly, are you really to suggest that the federal government should have emergency powers right now? Because that's exactly how you get to Title 42. You, the federal government is now giving emergency authorizations, right? Right. So either the pandemic is over or it's not. It, you, you don't get to use this as a political cudgel uh, t- to further a immigration policy that you can't get passed in Congress or that you can't win at the polls not how this works, not how this should work, not at all, no thank you. And that's exactly the question that's before the Supreme Court. It is literally this. Is the pandemic a public health crisis, immediacy a crisis, right? Is it there, or is it just something that we are going to have to deal with, like we deal with all these other things? What the federal government, what the proponents of leaving this Title 42 in place are going to have to prove is what is the difference between this and influenza every year? What is the difference? That's what the Supreme Court is going to look at. Wait a second, you, you expect us to continue a policy, yet you argue that the, the public health crisis is over, the pandemic is really over, and we just have to go forward with our mitigation strategies. Could you make an argument that those coming to the United States of America vis-a-vis legal immigration or, you know, asylum seeking, you have to prove a vaccination status, maybe. I would argue I wouldn't do that. But yeah, sure, you could make that argument, right? We, we require all sorts of different vaccines of people who immigrate here legally, right? Prove that you have the MMR, prove that you have a polio vaccine, right? All these other things. When we go to travel abroad and travel to areas that have different diseases, right? You have to go to your doctor and get a couple of shots, right? There's nothing wrong with that necessarily, but that is a wholly separate question. All right, Pat. So with that being said on the shorter edition of uh, of the show, uh, you want to play a little bit of the B or not the B? Oh, I suppose we could. All right. With that being said, today's headline... California is the state of freedom, says man who locked everyone in their homes for two years. California is the state of freedom, says the man who locked everyone in their homes for two years. And while you are thinking about whether or not that is the B or not the bee, folks, I, I, I cannot recommend enough dealing with businesses who will not insult you. And there's nothing more insulting than attempting to kowtow or or market to your values when they don't actually believe in those values. So it's really refreshing when a company says I have a product and I don't give a bleep about your politics one way or the other. I just want you to consume my product because it's really good. That is the case at coffeebrandcoffee.com. Again, that is coffeebrandcoffee.com. Enter the promo code critical thinking at checkout for five percent off of your purchase today. Again, Critical thinking promo code at checkout at CoffeeBrandCoffee.com where they care about really good small batch on hand roasted coffee and not your politics. Just as simple as that. By the way, that is in my cup right now. I have some of the last vestiges of the salted caramel, so I need to order another bag from them. Uh, But yeah, the salted caramel is very, very, very good. You mean the salted caramel? Caramel, Pat. Just to, just to make fun of funny, It's salt,
1: it, it, it salted caramel. Okay. All
0: right. Yeah. Do you need the headline one more time?
1: No, no. And I'm going to be honest because I almost chose this one yesterday. Dang it. So it is the Babylon Bee,
0: everybody. Um, yes. California yeah. is the state of freedom, says the man locked everybody in their home for two years. In an inspiring speech intended to boost the pride of the state's remaining residents, Governor Gavin Newsom declared California to be the state of freedom, despite the fact that he locked down businesses, churches, state parks, paddleboarders, and pretty much everybody else, uh, while locking everyone in their homes for two years. Quote, there's no state in the nation, indeed, no place on the face of the earth where you can enjoy as much personal freedom as you can right here in the Golden State, Newsom said in the speech. With the exception of going to the gym, eating at a restaurant, getting your hair cut, or even having the right to leave your own home, California is synonymous with liberty. Twelve-year-olds can get gender surgery here. Critics were quick to point out Newsom's track record of oppressive measures that uh, exceeded those put in place by most other states throughout the country. Freedom? Freedom? I don't think Gavin Newsom even knows what that word means, said longtime California resident Jorge Rosca. The guy violated nearly every constitutional right we have for nearly two years. He wouldn't know freedom if it sat next to him at the French Laundry. Great reference. Roca uh, Rosca was then escorted away by California authorities for questioning. When asked for comment on the flaming ball of hypocrisy that was his speech, Newsom was undeterred. Quote, California is the brightest shining example of freedom in the entire country, Newsom said uh, defiantly, and anyone who disagrees with me will pay dearly in a variety of painful ways. At publishing time, Newsom was reported to be considering a renewal of heavy lockdown policies while simultaneously making reservations for himself at a series of posh California uh, restaurants. Mm -hmm. Now, this is also a reference to what? California becoming a quote-unquote sanctuary state for uh, uh, lopping off tits and bits? Right, right. Of 12-year-olds? Yep. In fact, um, I don't know if you at home have been following the story of the eight year old boy, a few uh, who was six a few years ago in the state of Texas at the time. I don't know if you've been following that story at all, but um, uh, it's been highlighted quite a bit on the Glenn Beck program from from time to time. But basically what was going on is that the mother, I believe, has uh, Munch by proxy disorder, right? Is it Munchausen by proxy disorder? Yes. Uh, yeah. Yep. Basically, she is attempting to take her own weirdness and put it on the child. She believes the child, who is a boy, to be a girl, and has attempted to force that child since the age of three years old to present as a girl in public, and yada, 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 so forth and so on. It got to the point where, in the state of Texas... Um, a court said 5050 custody and you cannot make any decision um, on the child on the child's gender identity and transitioning that physically without both parents permission. what happened in December the parent the the woman who had physical, custody of the child and and the brother up and moved to California less than a few weeks ahead of California's law going into place in which a child can get transition surgeries the child is now 8 going on 9 and the mother is about to do this to this child
1: that's that's
0: Gavin Newsom in a nutshell folks didn't the Texas court rule in her favor though the Texas court said that she could move to California, yes, with proper notification mm. to the other parent. The the, um, the issue for the dad here is that the move to California has nothing to do with a job change or getting married and somebody else's job is transferring them to California or some major life event that's changing, right? That's, that's what this orders in place for right so like if if you're moving it has to be for specific reasons you can't just up and move the kid you know for what for your own pleasure if you will right right instead they're really just moving this child for gender affirming care even though the child literally has presented to the father as a boy and says mom continues to do this to me mom does this not that I want I want to. And he asks, hey, if if, if this is he is literally of this persuasion, Pat, if this is who you are and what you want to be, tell me. And the kid doesn't do it. The kid is a boy and the mother is a sick, sick, psychologically impaired individual. This is so gross. But this is what happens when you have a, a state like California and a governor like Gavin Newsom who is attempting to virtue signal from the bully pulpit of the governorship of the state of California. Is it any wonder, Pat, that 180,000 people left the state last year? No, no, it's not. Trailing only New York's 220,000 people who left. And oh, by the way, the third uh, of the state, uh, the states, Illinois. 108,000 people left the state of Illinois. That is net migration loss, by the way. That is how many people left the state versus came to the state. 108,000 net loss. That's a problem. That's like the entire population of the city of Rockford in Illinois gone overnight in one year. The city is just gone. That's a problem. Yeah. Yeah. All right, with that having been said, Pat, um we've got to talk about the state of Illinois a little bit here and the more specifically the um city of Chicago. We are about to run through a mayoral election here, um which is going to be interesting because Mer- mayor Lori Lightfoot beetlejuice herself um is one of the most unpopular people. Yet seems to believe she has got the front, run, front runner's track on maintaining her mayoralship. But I ran across this tweet yesterday and I thought to myself, what the hell? But this is the tweet, and it is from um, Heather Cerrone um, at WTTW, the public television station here in Chicago, okay? Breaking. Mayor Lori Lightfoot's re-election campaign sent an email to Chicago public school teachers Wednesday asking them to encourage their students to volunteer to help Lightfoot win a second term as mayor and earn class credit. Is that bad, Pat?
1: Yes. Um, yes, that's bad. That's desperate. But I, I have another question. Is this Is this desperation coming from a place where she thinks she's probably going to lose you know it's
0: interesting because normally you wouldn't have to do this right if if you're in the position because this is the city is weird when it comes to its politics right either you know you're going to win or you not, or, or you know you're about to lose this does for me reek of desperation and and this is the story from wttw Mayor Lori Lightfoot's reelection campaign sent an email to CPS school teachers Wednesday asking them to encourage their students to volunteer to help Lightfoot win a second term as mayor and earn class credit. It was unclear how many Chicago teachers received the email from Megan Crane, whose LinkedIn page identifies her as the deputy campaign manager for Lightfoot. The message was sent to teachers' official work email accounts, which end in cps.edu. Okay, so we already know that CPS, right? The 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 Chicago Teachers Union is one of the biggest leftist organizations in America today. I would put them akin to um the AFL or the some of these organizations back in the 1850s and 1860s when they were agitating for out and out socialism, for marxism, for communism. That's what they really fervently believe because they believe in in BLM Inc right they believe in the tenets of BLM Inc okay not just that the you know looking like they're placating to that crowd they literally believe the tenets of it the now president of the Chicago Teachers Union Pat during the pandemic decided that I'm going to go on vacation to Puerto Rico She's also somebody who sponsored a trip for her and three other individuals to go to Venice Freaking and praise praise to the high heavens, the Venezuelan government. Not because I, I, they were I forced to, to do so, but because they actually believe it to be good. Now, the email says, Pat, that participants in the externship program Right, that's how they're getting around this being some weird thing. They're calling it an internship or an externship, right? They're gonna—it's not going to be whatever this extern uh, externship program would be expected to contribute twelve hours per week to the Lightfoot campaign, and the students can earn class credit. We're simply looking for enthusiastic, curious, and hardworking young people eager to help Mayor Lori Lightfoot win this spring, according to an email obtained by WTTW News. A spokesperson for the Lightfoot campaign told WTTW News in an initial statement that the effort was designed to, quote, provide young people with the opportunity to engage with our campaign, learn more about the importance of civic engagement, and participate in the most American of processes, and done using publicly available contact information. After WTTW News published details about the emails generating a wave of criticism from other candidates in the race, Lightfoot's campaign put out a second statement that said the campaign would, quote, cease contact with CPS employees out of an abundance of caution. And this is the rub, right? This is the attempt to use public funds, public education as a cudgel of your own political campaign. You're the mayor, right? You have the bully pulpit already. The other candidates are right to go after this. They absolutely are saying, right this, to go
1: after this. This is, this is for a primary election, correct?
0: Now, so how this so how it works in Chicago is there are no Democrat and Republican Party primaries. This okay. there's a there is a list of people that are available to run for the mayoralship. And it is much like the Georgia uh, Senate situation. Everybody uh-huh. in the everybody in the pool, right? Everybody jumps in. If somebody were to get 50% or more of the vote, they win. However, that hasn't happened very often. So it, it is very likely that we're going to watch a runoff happen between the top two candidates later on in the spring. So I believe that would happen in April. Um that's how mayor. That's how Lightfoot won, by the way. Uh, her first election, she she won uh, the runoff.
1: Uh-huh.
0: Only fourteen percent of the population voted for a mayor. Period. Amen. In that election, but this so is gross. This is a yeah. gross misuse of your position of power,
1: if I have ever seen it. She's in some serious trouble, then. She's got to be. Absolutely. Um, mm. I,
0: here's how I know this. Paul Vallis, one of the biggest critics of Mayor Lori Lightfoot and in out and out Republican like this guy is Republican. He is on television in campaign commercials. That's all you need to know. Normally, that type of an individual shoved down the the totem pole, if you will. Right, Pat? Like here in Chicago, no way, no how we ain't giving you the money to do so. But Paul Vallis is becoming a viable candidate right now. I haven't seen any polling done. In fact, um, why don't you talk a little bit about your thoughts on this as I look up that polling
1: information? Well, I mean, I've never liked the idea of using kids as a political cudgel. And in this case, I'm, I'm specifically referring to minors under the age of eighteen, still in still in school. Um, that just it reeks of desperation, as as we've both pointed out. Um, and it it comes from a position of weakness, not a position of strength. If if you are truly running a good campaign and you truly believe that you're going to be a reelected and you really believe that you have a shot, you shouldn't have to do this mm-hmm. at all. I get I. Get wanting to get volunteers to come in and help out your campaign. Every every campaign does that. But kids, seriously, this is absolutely well, asinine. Desperate. I mean, choose your words. I mean, it, it's it it is really making her look incredibly, incredibly weak. Granted, we've always known she's been kind of a weak mayor anyway. I mean, come on, Census Cowboy. Much?
0: <laughs> yeah. If, if that is the that is the defining moment of your uh, first term in office as the mayor of a city, oh boy, <laughs> you are in trouble. And also, Census yeah. Cowboy taking the cowboy uh, taking the horse down the Dan Ryan. <laughs> It's got to be one of the dumbest things I have ever seen ever. Now, what I do know here is that, yes, you are correct. Uh, Mayor Lori Lightfoot is in some major trouble uh, when it comes to this election. She's trailing not just one, Pat, not just two, but three of the mayoral candidates. Um, In a recent survey done by the Daily Line <clears throat> and uh, Crane's Chicago Business. So Crane's Chicago Business is one of the most respected names here in Chicago when it comes to news and business news, right? So uh, Jesus Chewy Garcia, uh, a absolute avowed leftist, by the way, has 25% in the survey. Brandon Johnson also at 25%, 15% for Paul Vallis, while 11% said they would vote for Lightfoot. A survey from Cranes <clears throat> the Daily Line and ABC7 last spring, while criticized by uh, professional pollsters, uh, about 74% of the respondents to the most recent survey identified as white, while a bit more than 10% said they were black or Latino, according to Cranes. So no amount of weighting can save a survey of Chicagoans where 74% of the respondents are white. Hmm, okay, except for were, Except for what you need to know is Jesus Chuy Garcia is Latino, Brandon Johnson is black, and Paul Vallas is white. So the respondents to the survey are telling you they'd vote for a Latino man, a black man and a white person over the over Beetlejuice herself. Mm. <clears throat> yeah, um, I, I. Here's my question, Pat. Do I do I strategically vote for Lightfoot to save us from a avowed socialist like Chuy Garcia? And Brandon Johnson or do I put my chips in 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 the bag for uh, Paul Vallis
1: I mean Paul I personally Paul Vallis. If, yeah I, if,
0: I think as you look at this from a perspective of if we can muddy the waters and get him into the second position right, um, right. that that's a, that's a win and let's see what goes down here um when it comes to a one-on-one race going forward. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what happens. But overall, I mean, wolf, this is this is just no fun. Um, this is an abuse, a gross abuse of your position of power and your attempt to to use children like this is disgusting, disgusting, Reeks of desperation. Although, would I put this beyond uh, Beetlejuice to do? No. And with that, Pat, your final thoughts on today's program.
1: Don't get lost or who you are. No means no. And if you find yourself in a desperate position like Mary Lori Lightfoot, just say, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice. <laughs> Please be okay. smart,
0: be safe, be kind, and eat all your meals today. As always, Matthew 547.